Thank you, Lord. All I have is you. May your Holy Spirit consume this place. It is all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. As I get started, I want to recognize not alone your eye doctor here. Him and I were in Forest Lake Academy together. And I don't know if I gave him trouble or he gave me trouble. But it was so good to see that he's a, a physician that's doing a great job here in this area. I wanted to talk about something today that really I find as I travel around the world doing crusades down in Guyana, Jamaica, down in the Philippines, going through many areas. We just did a crusade down in Carousel. And there in Carousel a few weeks ago, we had 3,000 people there in that arena. And what made me realize that the Holy Spirit is still in charge after we had a baptism and I did the benediction from way in the back of the audience a young lady about about 30 years old came down screaming don't close the pool don't close the pool please I want to be baptized that moved me to make me realize that the Holy Spirit is moving not on our time, but on his time. We took her in and she was crying profusely. And she just knew something was tearing her apart. I didn't know what was eating her that day, but I know whatever she had, she gave it over to God. He can take your deepest regret He'll turn it into your deepest joy. So my question to you today is, what's eating you? Two, two of the things that shall take a man before his time, and that which he eats and that which eats him. And it is that which eats him that will take him soonest. But I want to give you hope even before I even go any further. I want you to know God is saying, I can fix it, whatever's broken. Port Charlotte, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, whatever you're about to go through, I can fix it. He says there in Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to those, to the brokenhearted. I don't know if anybody has been broken in this place. But he says, I'm close to you, and I save those who are crushed in spirit. Oh, what, what a hope our Savior gives us. He is close to you, even the more broken you are, the closer he is to you. May I tell you this morning, there was a young lady who I had to really understand what God was doing. But I found that in this little passage, it helped me when I was 
trying to deal with her situation, I discovered that sometimes God allows minor disappointments to avert, from, avert us from major catastrophes. And sometimes while we're complaining about what we're going through, sometimes it's God just putting a block because he knows what the next route you're about to go through. And sometimes he put hindrances there and you're trying to get through that hindrance. He said, if you just stay still and just trust me where you cannot trace me, he said, I will be here. Don't, don't get ahead of God because you don't know what's ahead of you. The young lady that was, she was on the news all over the state of Florida. She, she had this thing that was going on with her. And they were looking for her and they could not, why they were looking for her because they had worked out one of those Amber Alerts, if you hear on your phone all the time. We'll go to that picture with the young lady on it. Thank you. She was there, and while she was there, they had called all over the state of Florida. That was a few months ago. And they were looking for a man that she gave a, a detailed gram about, about how he looked, and they were looking for him because she said when she stopped at the red light there in Lago, Florida, she said, the man grabbed her child out of the car and they were trying to find him and the child. Then we found out later that they were searching all over from Miami all the way through the state of Florida. They figured out that the child that we were looking for, that she had actually killed her own child. And they found the child there in the park there in Lago, Florida. And that's her standing there. And when I looked at the thing on, online, they, they deemed her as the worst parent that ever lived. She had all type of criticism. And as I was watching that, the Lord said, you need to pray for her. I said, God, how can I pray for her? I mean, it's hard. She killed her own child. Even though it was accidentally she had hit her child, he fell back on the dresser and he was nothing about two or three years old. But the Lord said, pray for her. But I just found so hard to do it because it felt like, how could I pray for someone who, who was so grievous and even nobody seemed to like? It was her on this picture, as you can see. She was standing there in a picture that I saw as when I outreach. I was looking at some pictures and I saw this picture. And in our outreach programs, the Lord has showed me as I was going through these pictures that she was one of the little girls that used to come to our events in the community. And when I looked at it, I felt embarrassed. Not only that, I looked at another picture and I saw that when I looked at the family, it was years ago that there at Mount Calvary Seventh-day Adventist Church, I was in the pool baptizing the entire family. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, you got the nilligated God, you got the audacity to choose who you want to pray for. What make your sin any less than hers? 
He said, my grace will cover up all sins. I felt ashamed, and I wrote her a letter there in Clearwater in a jail, and I put down and said, this is Pastor Brown. I knew you as a little girl, and you came to my events, and even you was at our church, and I remember her. She was one of those girls who, when she was little, she would always be the first one at church, and she was there in Sabbath school, and she was always singing those songs, and I was just trying to get around my mind, how can you go from singing songs in Sabbath school to being the most notorious mother in the country? But I wrote to her, and I said, I'm sorry, because you were there, and I didn't, I felt that I was, had too many other things to do. You know, a lot of times we like to do things that get us in the bulletin, get our name on the bulletin. We like to do things that, that will get some credit for, and uh, what's going to give me the highest ratings or the most likes. But she needed help, and I felt I wasn't there. And I, I told her in the letter, I said, you may be incarcerated right now, but I want you to know that you can be free in Jesus Christ. Even though the bars and cells hold you in, I said, you don't, this is not the final answer. You may not never get out of there, but when Jesus comes, he will take you to heaven if you give your heart to him. And I say, I'm sorry, but this is what I can do. I can pray for you and I can offer you again, as I did a long time ago, to accept Jesus as your personal savior. She never wrote me back, but I know sometimes you get to that breaking point. I don't know what her breaking point was, but it was somewhere and we missed it. That's why in this church you need to watch each other. You need to be a family. You need to, you need to know when just because they're dressed up don't mean they feel good. Working in Advent Health, I see a lot of people that come in there. The doctor tells me, he said, there's no medication. With the pill we actually given them is a sugar pill because of the fact there's really nothing wrong with them. What we can't see is what's wrong with them. Deep down, Sometimes they're hurt, the elderly, they come around and when they feel lonely and rejected, that's the hurt that you cannot, you have no pill for. When you've been abandoned and abused and sometimes they can't see it on the outside because you can cover all that with a J.C. Penney's outfit, but you can't cover those things that have broken your heart. I like what it says in this beautiful passage. The Zion of Asia says, Satan is planning to take advantage of our what? And cultivated traits of character. And to blind our eyes through our own necessities and defects. He knows where you were born. He knows, he knows what's in your DNA. He knows what, what you've gone through. And some of you, if you take one sip of wine, you'll be right back where... That, that DNA was when you was a child because that uncle of yours and that daddy of yours had those proclivities and, and you, you wonder why do you have these certain sensations because he knows your hereditary thing. He already been on your ancestor.com. But may I tell you today, as it says in this it says, if, you, if your life gets too hard to stand, 
kneel. There's no big solution to everything you're going through. You may have made it complicated. But there is hope on your knees with Jesus Christ, may I say. And while you're on your knees, the scripture says in this, this passage, it says, be merciful to me, oh God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in, in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. If you want a place of safety, it's not in the alcohol bottle. You want a place of hope, it's not in the marijuana, it's not in the drugs. If you want a place of peace, it's not in extramarital affairs. You want a place of freedom, you're only going to find it in Jesus Christ. I found it in Christ when I was out in the area and I saw this, this little boy was there and while he was standing there, I don't know if I'm going the wrong way. Put it up there for me, please. This little boy was in the line, and I thought he was going to be the last one we were doing our feeding in the community. We had, what happened in the area, I had to learn, see, sometimes God will put you in a position that none of your money can get you out, no friend can get you out. And I was standing there on our first event. We started this community feeding, where, and the little boy said, hey, I never had one of those Thanksgiving meals. And I promised him, I said, well, you go and get your friends and I'll just get the community to bring some food out. And when he, I thought he had about a couple hundred, uh, maybe about a hundred, at the most a hundred people. We had food always lined up. The church was out there, the cameras, media, the lady you saw on television, she was out there. All of them was out there and they was watching this, this event take place and we noticed that there were more people than there was food because he had more friends than we anticipated. There were about 400 and some people there. And my people that was on staff, they said, you might want to shut this down because you're going to be embarrassed. You got all the cameras, you got ABC, NBC, and all the networks standing around. They're, they're watching this thing because it was a unique event. And then I was reminded Lord spoken to me these words, and I said them on 3 a.m. the other day. I said, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. When God spoke that into my spirit, I realized that it was something I couldn't pay for. And if God gives you anything, it's his responsibility to take care of it. And I told them, I said, I remember... There was a time where the fish and the loaves of bread that he fed 5,000. I said, this is only 400. And God does not set you up to take you down. And I want you to know those who were watching, you're always going to have some pessimistic people in your, your surroundings. I'm going to always let you know that. There's always going to be somebody who's going to tell you, you can't do it. Oh, you shouldn't do it. It's too big. It's too costly. But when God said, it's my will, if it's my will, it's my bill, I knew it was going to be covered. And when that thing was over, this is what God does. He shows up and he shows out. There was 
In, in my community, and those communities, people, they brought out their Tupperware with them, with anticipating of taking some more food as they go. Y'all don't understand that. <laughs> See, the people that working with me said, you ought to tell them to put the Tupperware up because they, they come around with seconds and stuff, and these people wanted something to go home with them. And there's not enough to figure these people, but I want you to know, when they left there with the Tupperware full, there was still food left over. What a mighty God we serve. And I have touched that all the way through my ministry, that if it's God's will, it's God's bill. I've taken it through because I used to let things eat at me and say, the devil said, you can't do it, you're not worthy of it. And I had to learn that no matter what I have, no matter how big it is, how small it is, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. That's why I told my wife when I was driving down, we were looking for a new house, and I wanted to go in the area that I, I like to see, but I knew I didn't have no money for it. You ever had those wish homes? And as I was driving in this area, I was passing through, and the man was knocking a sign in the yard. And while he was knocking a sign in the yard, I was passing through, and God said, that's yours. He said, his sheep will know his voice. And many times you miss out on certain things in your life because you miss his voice. And he said, his sheep will know his voice. He's not intimidated by how big it is. But I remember if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And I told my wife, I said, honey, the Lord just told me that that's yours. She said, are you okay, honey? <laughs> I had to trust him where I cannot trace him. While the man was putting the sign down, I got out of the car. He was an Indian guy. And Indian don't care if you're black or white. They care about the green. Where is the money? And so we started. I said, sir, God told me that this is my house. He didn't care what I said. He said, okay, well, let's get the paperwork going. It was a, a little time in that thing was blocking some things. And, but I knew God had already told me if it's his will, it's his bill. And I kept going through the process and kept going through. The, so you, sometimes God will let you have no's so you can have a trust in him. I've learned when God tell me no, but if he already said that it's mine, I, I don't know where that, Ellen White says he has a thousand ways that we know not of to have our situation fixed. And if I have to get to that thousand way, I'm going to keep going till I get to that thousand way because God said it's mine. And when I got at the end of the, the trail, it looked like it wasn't going to go through. Some trust, I couldn't trust them. Bank of America, they wasn't being American for me. <laughs> and I went through all those people, but somehow in there, my wife, remember, she said, weren't you in the military? I forgot I was even in the military. They said, call them. And because they had this kind of thing that covered your, your loan, and we called them, and they had the exact amount that I needed to cover the home. I'm going to say amen if y'all don't. Amen. God had already had it there. 
He could have told me that in the very beginning, but he wanted to see that I really trust him. And I, I knew this. If I had went one house further, the blessing would have been lost. If I had moved one, that, that means when he told me that it was mine, if I doubted him one house further, if I had let all the pessimistic things in my life take precedence of God speaking to me, I would have lost. And I told my wife, I said, as long as I'm in this house, due to the fact God put me here, it doesn't matter what happens to us as we go through life, God will take care of it because if it's God's will, it's God's bill. <laughs> it took me to another spot and I was, had to ask the question from this slide, what's eating you? When you look around, so many times you, you'll find things don't really go your way. But may I tell you today, God has something great happening to you. What's eating you? In our church, we had, in the Florida conference, we had one of our ministers not too long ago. We had a, that had committed suicide and we had their funeral. And I know when I checked the school systems out throughout the state of Florida, there's many teenagers and there's old people and young people who feel like the answer to their life is what the answer the devil gives them. And so many Adventists are taking their own life. We're having in our churches now around the country, we're having, we're having suicide prevention services now because of the fact there are many who are going through, many are going through this episode of what shall I do? But may I point you to Jesus Christ he is the answer. Whatever you're going through today, I want you to know that he is the answer. Jesus is the answer for all your frustration. And no matter what you're going through, I promise if it's God's will, it's God's bill, he will take care of your situation. You just hold on to the very end. Don't give up, please. Don't give up. Many are questioning our churches because I've, as I've gone around, I've seen that some people leave the church at Andrews University. We were doing a study during my doctoral program. They were doing a study about why do so many Adventists leave our church. And we discovered that it's not just sometimes the preaching, this and other, because sometimes many of them are hurt. And I discovered why are they hurt, because hurt people hurt people. They haven't gotten over some of the things they've gone through. And other people, I was on one of my board members, was always knocking down everything we brought up and I couldn't understand why he was against everything that was positive and I stood with him and I, and I took him out to lunch if you want to get anything out of anybody take him out to lunch and I took him out to lunch and while we were standing there I said so why do you knock everything we have on our board and I discovered that at his home his wife wasn't giving him respect his children was disrespectful on his job. He was the Lord's one on the totem pole. So when he got on the board, he felt that, that Adventist authority. And he, by rejecting what we had already accepted, gave him power. And so his hurt was hurting other people. And he found, he found a release in hurting others. 
my brothers and sisters, I promise you that your hurt cannot be satisfied by hurting other people. It's only in Christ Jesus. But what I want to tell you today is heal people, heal people. If you ever want to get around somebody who can tell you how to live, go around somebody who's been broken. Go around somebody who, who's had some hardships in their life. Otherwise, you would do this. If you never heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. You'll be taking it out on your children who is not the child that did it, it was the ex-husband. Or you come home from a job that, that mistreats you and, you and you come home and, and you take it out on the whole family. Because something happened to you, you bleed out on all those around you. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it's not worth it. Take it to Jesus and he will mend, mend that broken spirit. And whatever he has for you, it may not come then, but he'll never give up on you. That's why I say today, don't become the person who wrecked you. It's so easy to do that because you have, you thought about that person so much, you become just like them. I love what Ellen White says in this passage. Ellen White says in this passage here on the screen, it says, from ministry to healing. You might not believe this was in there, but I read it and it, it just made me think again. Said, the very act of looking for evil in others develop evil in those who look. By dwelling upon the faults of others, we are changed in the same image. So while you're looking for some negative in other people, that same negative characteristic grows in you. That's why you should go through life trying to find the good in other people. You can always find something if you dig deep enough and they can find something on you if they dig deep enough. Don't forget, there's none of us have wings on unless we buy them and put them on. In life, as it says, death is not the greatest loss in life, the greatest is what dies inside of us while we live. Some of you sitting here today and you stop living. It doesn't matter how old you are. I plan, I plan to be here to 110 and I, I promise you if I got a little energy, you're going to see me going swimming up and climbing. I'm going to live. I love the bump, bumper stickers I like to see on a lot of the RVs that says, I'm spending my children's heritage. I'm, I'm planning to live and enjoy life. Don't let nothing take the life out of you. You only got this one chance to live. Live it up in Jesus Christ that came to give you joy. It says in this, there are two things. If you want to, this is, a, this is one for me. There are two things you shouldn't waste your time on. Things that don't matter and people who don't think you matter. Sometimes we rush to try to please those people who don't care nothing about you. They don't send you no card. They don't say thank you. Never say thank you. But yet you, you've been a lot, and sometimes 
you have two or three children and the child that disrespect you the most, you try to spend more time with them. No, don't, don't give yourself out for those who don't think you matter. Put your energy in things that will grow in you. I saw this passage that came up. It says in Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Can you say amen to God's word? Amen. There was a little boy that was on Facebook, and his mother put him on Facebook, and it happened. So she said when she gave him the, the option to get out the car, she took his Pop-Tart, and it was on picture day. And it was on picture day, he told them, he said, he looked at his mama, he said, Mama, you ate my Pop-Tart, and I'm never going to smile again. And so when the pictures came out, his school pictures, he had this mean look on his face because he told his mama, I'm never going to smile again because you ate my Pop-Tart. Port Charlotte, has anybody ate your Pop-Tart? <laughs> Sometimes we go around with grumpy looks on our face because we, nobody put us on the, the electric wire. We can't sing with the praise team. Uh, they didn't have us elected as the head, elder, whatever. And we carry these grudges and uh, things that happened in the past because somebody ate your Pop-Tart. May I let you know, that is not worth it. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. May I ask you again what's eating you? It comes from a passage here. In this passage it says, Ellen White says she wished she had talked to somebody because when she was going through her hardship, she said, I wish I had talked to my, my family. She said, it would have been more, a lot more healing for me if I had. May I tell you in this passage here, it says, unexpected, unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and will, will, but what? They'll do what? They'll do what? Later in uglier ways. And sometimes you can't understand people why they are treating you a certain way. And sometimes it's things that happened way back in their childhood. But God is the healer today. It says in this passage here, I love it, it says, we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. I want you to know today, you're not crushed. God got this thing. <laughs> we, we fix our eyes on what is seen but not what is unseen since what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Stop looking at what went wrong in your life and start looking at what God has blessed you with in your life. It says, people don't do this, please. Don't let people pull you into their storm. Pull them into your peace. A lot of homes wouldn't have so much wreckage in it if we would just not have, every time someone says something, it doesn't require a, an impeachment. Every time somebody says something, 
in your home, you should be willing to listen sometimes without arguing. That, that's what love does. Don't, pull, don't let people pull you into their storms, but pull them into your peace, that peace that passes all understanding. It says, if you allow people to make more withdrawals than deposits in your life, you will soon be in the negative. Know when to close your account. What's eating you? My favorite scripture is here. And it says in Lamentations chapter 3, Who is he that says it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? So many of us are wallowing in our, our pity parties because somebody spoke into our life and told you that you couldn't own that business. Somebody told you you was too old. Somebody told you you were too dark, too light, too tall, too fat, too skinny. But the Bible says, who is it that said it to you and it came to pass when the Lord has not commanded it to, to you? My brothers and sisters, nothing can happen to you unless God commands it. So he asked the question, who have you allowed to dominate your joy? As I get ready to close, I want to point you to the cross. The peace that passes all understanding. That's why I can stand up here because of that day he died on Calvary to set me free. So when he got up out of the grave, he said, he said, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. Then he got out, out of the grave. Then you see him come from the grave. If you see him on this slide, you see him coming up. I want you to know because he lives, I can face tomorrow. In closing, there was a little girl walking home from, from one of her church, a Sunday school service. And as she was walking home, she, she came upon somebody offering her a ride. She said, yes, I can take you home. She was number 13, and he was one of the leaders of the church. And she noticed as he was driving home, he was going in a different direction of her home. And she said, but sir, I live down here. He said, hey, but I want you to look at this house I'm building. I'm building a big, beautiful home. And being so vulnerable, she had to accept because she was just a child. I'll let you know there's many who say they love Jesus, but there's no Jesus in them. Fake religion. And in her vulnerability, she walked into that house they were building, and, and when they got to one of those rooms, he violated that child. Months later, she realized she, she was carrying a child. Her sister said, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. Said, I don't know what to do. Her sister told her that, you're too poor. We're too poor to take care of you and another baby. See, her parents had already died, and she was staying with her older sister, and they were dirt poor. Said, How are we going to feed you and another child? They gave her the address to somebody who could take care of it. Said, now you go down to this place and, 
and, and they will make it like it never happened. So as she was walking down towards the place, she heard that, that audible voice, that audible voice speak to her and gave us in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your path. She knew it was the voice of God. But the voice of God didn't match her circumstances. See, I can't go back home. She said, Lord, I know what you're saying, but I, I, I got to gotta move on with this. And she put her hand on the door and pushing her way in to end this situation with this child she was carrying. She heard another voice, if you give me your child, I'll take care of your child for you. She said, God, that's you. That's the, I know that voice. She turned around. She ran back home. And she told her sisters, the Lord told me he'll take care of my baby. And they looked at her because sometimes when you give people what God told you, they don't understand it because it doesn't meet their convenience level. What God told her would have been a great inconvenience for them. And they said, I'm going to give you an ultimatum since, ultimatum since you want to go this route. I'll tell you, when you go down to the house, when you have your baby, you can either leave that baby there or you and the baby find a place because you can't come back here. She was at the hospital. She had a baby. When she had the baby, the doctor came back into the room and said, Doctor, doctor, do you, you know anybody that can take care of my baby for me? Do you know anybody? She's a, a Christian. Do you know anybody who, who knows Jesus? The doctor was walking out of the room, and as he was walking out of the room, he said, I want nothing to do with this. But as the Bible says, God would change the hearts of kings. And as he was walking out of the room, a name came upon his mind. He said, oh, I'm probably, I know this person. So he called them up, and they walked into the, he said, we got a child down here, and if you, for the child, go into the foster home. Come and look at it. They walked into that room and they looked at the child and God told them, this is yours. And they raised that baby up before the Lord and they named that baby who was abandoned, who was a bastard child laying there. They named that baby that the devil wanted to kill. They named that baby Moses Samuel Brown. And here I stand today. I stand before you because I know what God can do. I know what he done. And I know how he can take a nothing like me. And the devil would, used to tell me, you're nothing but a piece of trash. You're nothing. You, was a, you came out of a rape situation. You were left in the hospital. How could God use you for anything? But God looked at me and said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you.